Two late-breaking stories of importance happened today. Government officials and the White House reached a two-year budget deal agreement that would increase the budget substantially and not give any limit to spending within the two years. The second story is fast-tracked deportations will begin tomorrow, July 23rd. It is the complete discretion of Border Patrol agents as to whether someone is an immigrant or not, and that immigrant has to prove that they have been in the country for more than two years. Whether it's a lease or other paperwork that is in process, they need to carry that with them at all times because now it is a show us your papers kind of situation and very difficult for an immigrant to prove. They would be denied any access to a judge or having their story heard by any attorney. People in traffic court have more of a legal stance than immigrants do now in our country. Trump announces support for two-year bipartisan budget deal that boosts spending and suspends the debt limit. As reported by the Washington Post on July 22nd by Damian Polenta and Erica Werner, the White House and Speaker Nancy Pelosi reached a tentative two-year budget deal Monday that would raise spending limits by $320 billion and suspend the federal debt ceiling until after the 2020 presidential election. The agreement, which still must be passed through Congress, probably would prevent a debt ceiling crisis later this year, but also would continue Washington's borrowing binge for at least two more years. I am pleased to announce that a deal has been struck with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Senate Minority Leader Charles Schumer, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy on a two-year budget and debt ceiling with no poison pills. President Trump tweeted this on Monday. This was a real compromise to give another big victory to our military and to our vets. The deal was met with fierce resistance from some prominent Republicans who said it would add too much to the debt, a backlash that will force congressional leaders to work hard this week to ensure they have enough votes for passage. The agreement would also spark concerns from some White House liberals because of the concessions made to the Trump administration as both parties try to stake out positions that resonate with voters ahead of the 2020 election. The agreement marks a significant retreat for the White House, which insisted that a few months ago it would force Congress to cut spending on a range of programs to enact fiscal discipline. Instead, the White House agreed to raise spending for most agencies, particularly at the Pentagon. In exchange, the White House officials received verbal assurances from Democrats that they would not seek to attach controversial policy changes on future spending bills, although it's unclear how that commitment would be enforced. 
Pelosi brokered the deal with Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, whom Democrats and even some Republicans had considered the best arbiter for a compromise. White House Acting Budget Director Russell Voigt sought last week to force Democrats to commit to $150 billion in budget changes in exchange for the new spending, but his demand was rejected. Instead, negotiators agreed to a $77 billion in according to changes that probably wouldn't constrain any future spending. But the deal locked in more spending for the military, something Trump has tried to make a hallmark for his first 30 months as president. He has told advisors that if he is re-elected, he wants to focus on spending cuts beginning in 2021. He has largely cast aside the budget-slashing goals some of his aides have advocated for since his inauguration in 2017. We are, I think, doing very well on debt if you look at debt limit. However, you want to define that. We're doing very well on that, and I think we're doing pretty well on a budget, Trump told reporters on Monday. Very important that we take care of our military. Our military was depleted, and in the last two and a half years, we undepleted it. Okay, to put it mildly, we have made it stronger than ever before. We need another big year. The deal would suspend the debt ceiling on July 31st, 2021, meaning it probably would not need to be addressed again until the fall or winter of that year. And the agreement would set spending levels through September 30th, 2022. The deal has reached was reached as the House prepares to leave Washington at the end of this week for a six-week summer recess, giving Pelosi little margin for error to pass the legislation in a matter of days. The Senate is in session for an additional week and is expected to take up the deal next week before Senators, too, head out on recess. Many Republicans spent the bulk of the Obama administration insisting that the budget needed to shrink and calling for a constitutional amendment to balance it. A number of those lawmakers have either left in recent years or muted criticism of Trump's embrace of big deficits and some GOP leaders in recent weeks have said they need to focus on passing budget deals and not getting into messy fights without a clear strategy. In December, Trump decided late in negotiations to block a bipartisan spending agreement leading to a long government shutdown. Somebody needs to calmly and clearly lay out the alternatives because we saw what happened last time, Senator John Cornyn of Texas told reporters on Monday. We ended up in a shutdown mode, and I don't think that was good for anybody. Still, Some conservatives expressed outrage Monday that the White House would back such a big increase in spending when deficits are already ballooning. Representative Mike Johnson of Louisiana, chairman of the Republican Study Committee, said he spoke with Trump on Saturday and urged him to oppose the emerging deal. I encouraged the president that he would have his right flank if he hold the line and would allow us to do the physically responsible thing. And this limit is out of control spending, Johnson said. 
He responded, well, he understood the sentiments. Fiscal Hawks also said they were mortified. Maya McGinney's president of the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget said, as we understand it, this agreement is a total abdication of fiscal responsibility by Congress and by the president. It may end up being the worst budget agreement in our nation's history. But some Democrats said they were upset that Democratic leaders did not secure a commitment from the White House that Trump would stop using money from military programs to build a wall along the U.S.-Mexico border. Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont, the ranking Democrat on the Senate Appropriations Committee, said he would support such a deal even when he voiced concerns that leaders in his party went too far in offering these assurances to the White House. I worried the White House is willing to give Trump far too much discretion and take money and move it anywhere he wants, including a wall, Leahy told reporters, in objection that would resonate with liberals in the House. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York indicated her opposition to the deal, writing on Twitter, Notice how whenever we pursue large spending increases plus tax cuts for corporations, contractors, and the well-connected, it's treated as business as usual. But the moment we consider investing similar money in working-class people, they cry out that it's unrealistic. Also, as part of the deal, Democratic leaders agreed not to include controversial policy changes, known as riders, in future spending bills. Those measures, which can be tied to hot-button issues such as abortion and immigration, can imperil spending legislation. Opponents of these measures often call them poison pills. There will be no poison pills, additional new riders, or other changes in policy or conventions, congressional leaders wrote in an outline of the deal. But lawmakers often disagree on what constitutes a poison pill, and the debate could be revived once specific spending bills are introduced. By raising spending limits for the military and non-defense programs for the next two years, the White House and Pelosi have effectively erased key remnants of the 2011 Budget Control Act, which was supposed to constrain spending for a decade. With this agreement, we strive to avoid another government shutdown, which is so harmful to meeting the needs of the American people and honoring the work of our public employees, Pelosi and Schumer said in a joint statement. Lawmakers and the White House still must pass spending bills to fund government operations for the next fiscal year, which will begin in October. But that is considered an easier task now that the budget levels have been set. The $320 billion in new spending that the White House and Pelosi agreed to represents an increase over what the reduced budget levels would have fallen to if the limits had begun next year. The government spends more money than it brings in through revenue, and that difference is called the budget deficit. To cover the deficit, the government borrows money by issuing debt. The debt has grown from about $19 trillion when Trump took office 
to more than $22 trillion this month. The government must pay interest on the money it borrows, and this year it will pay more than $350 billion to finance its borrowing. The deficit has widened since Trump took office. It was $587 billion in 2016, and President Barack Obama's last full year in office was projected to reach $1 trillion this year. The larger deficit is a result of higher spending and 2017 tax cuts, which have led to a large drop in forecast revenue, according to budget experts. White House officials have argued that the combination of higher spending and tax cuts has helped the economy grow and that they plan to cut spending when the economy is on a stronger footing. The deal could raise questions about the White House's negotiating strategy going forward. Democrats targeted Munchen as negotiating partner during the current talks because they thought he represented their best option for a compromise. Typically, the budget director or White House chief of staff would play a more prominent role, but acting chief of staff Mac Mulvaney has poor relations with House Democrats and many have written off working with Voight. It's unclear whether this dynamic will change when lawmakers begin their next round of negotiations on the specific spending bills, debates that are likely to drag into September. I think Mr. Mnuchin has a different perspective on some of this than others in the administration, Mulvaney and Voigt, among others, said Johnson, the Louisiana Republican. And I don't know if it's yet decided which perspective will win the day. But we know there are some very smart and very thoughtful people involved in the negotiations, and we hope that at the end of the day, they'll do the right thing. As reported in the New York Times, the Trump administration is to expand fast-tracked deportations across the U.S. In a story by Zohan Kano-Youngs and Caitlin Dickerson, the Trump administration said on Wednesday that it would speed the deportations of undocumented immigrants who cannot prove they have been in the United States for more than two years allowing federal agents to arrest and deport more people without a hearing before a judge. Critics warned that the new rule, set to take effect on Tuesday, would also prevent asylum seekers from applying for refuge in the United States before they are deported. Within hours of its announcement, the American Civil Liberties Union vowed to block it in court. The shift will expand the use of an immigration law that until now was used only to fast-track deportations for migrants who had been in the United States for just a few weeks and were still within 100 miles of the southwestern border. Now, those stopped by federal agents anywhere in the country who cannot prove they have been in the United States for more than two years can be deported without the opportunity to be heard from by a judge. The change was announced a week after the Trump administration officials said they would severely restrict asylum at the border. Kevin McAllenon, 
the acting secretary of Homeland Security, said that the rule would help to alleviate some of the burden and capacity issues, including room at detention facilities for immigrants. The rule will ensure that deportations could be carried out over weeks, not months or years, said Teresa Cardinal Brown, the acting director of Immigration and Cross-Border Policy at the Bipartisan Policy Center. Omar Jadwat of the ACLU said it would deport immigrants who lived in the United States for years with less due process than people get in traffic court. In the 2018 fiscal year, migrants who were deported by the Department of Homeland Security under the expedited process were held for an average of 11 days. It usually takes an average of 51 days to remove migrants from the United States, officials have said. Taken together, the Trump administration's recent spate of restrictive administration policies could bar significant members of people from seeking asylum in the United States. Last week, the administration announced that it would deny protections to immigrants who failed to apply for asylum in at least one country they had passed through on their way north. The shift prevents nearly all Central Americans who are seeking asylum from entering the United States and was challenged in court by a coalition of immigrant advocates the day after it was announced. It was just a pile-on, said Royce Murray, a managing director of the American Immigration Council, a nonprofit advocacy organization that also planned to challenge the program's expansion in court. The administration, she said, was definitely throwing everything they have at asylum seekers in an effort to turn everyone humanely possible away and to deport as many as possible. There is no other conclusion to draw. The former rules for fast-tracking deportations, as enacted in 1996, made clear that the program could be expanded if it faced with a surge of illegal immigration. Ms. Brown, who worked at the department from 2005 to 2011, said officials then were concerned about how someone stopped by immigration agents could prove they had been in the United States for more than two years. Immigrant rights advocates who had been preparing for the announcement since early in President Trump's term shared those concerns on Monday. This is a national show-me-your-papers type of law, Murray said, referring to a now-infamous Arizona immigration statute that required the police to question the legal status of anyone who was suspected of being in the United States illegally. The burden is on the individual to prove that expedited removal does not apply to them, she said. So if you don't have the necessary paperwork on you to show that you have a lease or that you have status, then you could be taken into custody to try to fight this. And the problem is that this is a fast-tracked process. Immigrants who are eligible for asylum and placed into expedited removal proceedings will still be entitled to an interview with an asylum officer if they claim a fear of returning to their country. Given the administration's attempt to restrict asylum, Stephen Yale Lohr, a professor 
of Immigration at Cornell Law School said some immigrants could be removed in violation of their due process rights. Some U.S. citizens may also be erroneously expeditiously removed because they can't prove citizenship to the satisfaction of an immigration agent. This notice is the latest attack in the Trump administration's war on immigrants.